0: I'm delighted to spend the 30th Christmas with many of you folks. That's a long time to spend Christmas with one another. You'd think you'd start giving me a present after that many years together. But uh, and many of you as many as 40 some Christmases together. And I'm excited today about the smiles that's on your face about the spirit that we have in our church and that uh, our church is not closed on the Lord's birthday. And I'm glad that you're here today and uh, I trust that you've got a lot of stuff for Christmas that you don't know how to use. I got stuff for Christmas this year that I didn't even know existed. (laughs) And they just wrap it up Give it to you and expect it to work when they leave. I never thought that I'd get juice for Christmas. You can't drink it, it's supposed to charge your cell phone. I can't find my phone. (laughs) Why in the world would I need a battery to charge a phone that I'm trying to lose? (laughs) And then I got a fire stick that uh, don't start fires. (laughs) And you got to have a degree in cyber technology figure out which button to push if you want to watch the movie instead of just watching what the movie's about. (laughs) I'm so blessed. (laughs) But I did not get any Duluth underwear for Christmas. At twenty some dollars a pair, that's the reason I do not get any for Christmas. At my age, you need a diaper, not Duluth underwear. <laughs> I'm going out the same way I come in: toothless, bobbleheaded, headed, and in a diaper. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> I tell you, it's just good to be around. You know what I'm talking about? I'm reading for you out of the book of Luke, chapter number two. And you know the scripture, it's so familiar. And uh, I I hope and pray that it never gets too familiar. It's easy to become familiar. And uh, sometimes familiarity breeds contempt. But we we don't want the scriptures to become humdrum, familiar. Just because we can quote it does not mean that it's not powerful and eternal and uh, profitable. So, I'm reading for you just seven verses. The Bible says in verse 1 of chapter 2 of the book of Luke, And it came to pass. And uh, I know there's no comma there. But just for our learning today, could you allow me to put a comma there? And it always will. And it came to pass. And it always will. If God said it, You don't have to believe it to make it so. It's so whether you believe it or not. Amen. Amen. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. What do you think was on Fox News the next day? CNN might have even covered it. It had been on the headlines of every paper in all the country. Taxes are being raised. Everybody loves taxes, do they not? The big deal is the tax. The big deal is political. Caesar Augustus, the potentate Caesar, has made it a law that all the world should be taxed. The big deal is the taxation. We just went through a big deal. I bet you can't turn on your television, that you don't see or hear some reference to the big deal that we've just gone through. You're either on the Trump train, or you're not on the train, or you just got run over by the train. The big deal. But is it the really the big deal? Verse 2, And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. Big deal in Syria, big deal in Palestine, big deal in Jerusalem, big deal everywhere. But could I please suggest to you in passing, there's a lot bigger deal taking place than taxation. Taxation. What's in the forefront of our minds now in America? Change. Going to get rid of all the government graft. Clean the swamp. (coughs) Clean it out. It's a big deal, all right. But is it the really big deal? Is there something seething underneath the surface like it was back yonder in Syria when Cyrenius was governor. The Bible goes on to say, and all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David to be taxed with Mary his espouse wife being great with child. And so it was that while they were there the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. Now this is not a big deal. Ain't any room for him at the end. This is not a big deal. Taxation is the big deal. Politics is the big deal. Superficial is the big deal. Cash is the big deal. What we got in our pockets is a big deal. What we're going to save ourselves is a big deal. This other is not such a big deal. We just pass over it and she brought forth her firstborn son. And wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because this is not a big deal. Because there was no room for him in the end. Verse 11 For unto us is born in the city of David, this day the city of David, a Savior. Which is Christ the Lord. Now, could I please just ask you, what's the big deal? What's really the big deal about a little bitty baby? They could find no room for him in the inn? Maybe Christmas could really be explained as when Cyrenius was governor that Sigurd Augustus taxed the whole world. I just thought I'd drop by today and explain to you in just a few words what Christmas is all about. You'll find it in John 3, 16. Just in a few words. What's Christmas all about? For God so loved you. That's what Christmas is all about. Just in a few words, it can be explained. For God so loved that he gave. It's not about taxes. It's not about politics. Your future is not wrapped up in what can take place superficially. Your happiness and your fulfillment and your being is all wrapped up in this phrase. God loved you. As unlovable as some of us are. Hmm. As unlovable as some of us has been. And as hopeless as we really are. Just to think God so loved us Amen. that he gave his only begotten son, Amen. Paul sums it up in first Corinthians chapter number second Corinthians chapter. 4. 5 and 19. And he sums up this day as this way. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Absolutely. A profound statement beyond measure. God was in Christ. Spirit. Became flesh. Absolutely. astonished, Astounding. Statement. That in. The form of a little bitty baby. Helpless. Toothless. God was in Christ. Mind-boggling to say the least. Mind-boggling God, the creator, the sustainer, the omnipotent, the majesty, the supreme personality of all the universe. Is in a manger. Invisible suddenly has become visible. Spirit has become flesh. Beyond all comprehension, I suppose, how could you explain that? For God so loved the world. Who is that baby in Bethlehem's manger? Why? That is God in Christ. The untouchable has just become touchable. The invisible has just become visible and spirit has just become flesh. Well, it's not a big deal though. It's tax time. It's a big deal to God. It was a big deal to Mary. It was a big deal to Joseph. And may I say to you, what was the big news of the day? Taxation. For a century now. Has weaned off in the forgetfulness of humanity. But for all these centuries, somebody's been singing about a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. What's this day all about anyhow? And I love Christmas. I really do. The best part of Christmas is when it's over. Why all the fuss about this baby in Bethlehem? Why would God fling a star, a special star into the universe? just to mark the place of his birth? Why would wise men make the journey across all the spaces of time and they're trying to find that little bitty baby laying in the manger? What is this day all about? Well, the indescribable, the invisible has been best- just become describable. How would you describe a spirit? A spirit has no hands. A spirit has no feet. A spirit has no heart. How would you describe a God like that? How would you and I identify with a spirit kind of God? I don't like spirits. We call them ghosts where I'm from. And God knew the great chasm between your understanding and your comprehension of a God that you cannot identify with, cannot see. So God gave him a body like us so that us could identify with Him. Now, in the manger, God has hands. In the manger, God has a heart. In the manger, God has feelings. Is anybody here? And in the manger, that is God. In Christ Amen. Well, why would may God become a man? God so loved the world that He gave. Without this profound truth, Christmas is nothing more than a pagan holiday, decorated with trees and lights. And presents, and I do not belittle that at all. But oh, for God's sake, and for our sake, we must never make that the main thing. Amen. 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 I have nothing against Santa Claus. Over at our house, we have a Santa Paul. <laughs> and I ho, ho, ho around the house. And I am Santa Paul. They'll figure out where it comes from sooner or later. But what a profound truth. That you and I are loved so much. That the invisible God became visible. Amen. The unspeakable God now is speakable. The incomprehensible God now is is understandable. And in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Our text has been called the miniature gospel. If you only hear one verse the rest of your life, that one verse contains the entire gospel of the 66 books of the Bible. For God so loved you that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That verse is printed more than any sentence in the human language. It's quoted more often than any quote in literature. It's read by more people than any statement in all of writ. Known and cherished by more people than any other quote in all the world. For God so loved the world. Man, I'm glad God loves us, aren't you? Amen. I'm not sure Allah loves anybody. I'm so sure he don't love anybody. Because if there's nobody, nobody can love anybody. Because if you're a nobody, you just don't know anybody. And besides that, he don't have a body. Because he ain't anybody. I don't want to say that again. (laughs) Dr. R. A. Torrey, great preacher of the past, said that John 3.16 is the greatest sentence ever written by men. I want to just talk to you for just a minute on God's definition of Christmas. And I have... Eight minutes to do it. And I'm going to do it in eight minutes as a Christmas gift to you. Not you. (laughs) (laughs) The first explanation I would give you today. Oh, if that's Trump calling me, would you tell him I'll be finished in eight minutes? And I would like to go to Florida and see the little shack that he's dwelling in down there. The first thing I'd like to share with you today, that God so loved, he gave the world a universal sacrifice. A universal sacrifice. Universal in its scope. The Bible says, and I'm so glad he did, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. The word universal is absolutely means everybody is included. He had no preference of color. He had no preference of race. He had no preference of creed. He had no preference at all. The Bible said that God so loved this entire world and all of those that are in it that he gave his only begotten son watch this that whosoever let me ask you do you know a whosoever do you know anybody who is not included in a whosoever did you know I don't care where you've been what you've done how long you've been there and what you did while you were there you are a whosoever And you said, I've done things that God cannot forgive me for. You can't even think of things God cannot forgive you for. You are dealing with an unlimited, sovereign God that can do anything he wants to. Can you say amen? Except create a rock so big he can't move it. You'll get that after a while. I am so glad that Christmas is all about a universal sacrifice. It's universal in its scope because anybody, everybody, whosoever will may come. You do not have to go to hell. You do not have to be miserable. You do not have to have nervous breakdowns. You do not need your valium. You do not need your uppers. You do not need your downers. You do not need your outers, and you do not need your utters. All you got to do is be saved, and God will take care of your need. You are a whosoever whosoever. Preacher, you don't understand. Uh, You don't understand me. I don't have to. I'm not the one saving you. I'm not the one that died for you. I'm not the one in Bethlehem's manger. That was God in Christ came to forgive you of your sin and give you life beyond all expectation. It's universal in its scope. The sacrifice is universal in its simplicity. I'm glad it's easy to be saved. That Philippian jailer came to Paul that night and falling down on his knees and scared stiff and said, "Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Are you ready? Are you ready? And Paul said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Universal in its scope. Universal, universal in its simplicity, universal in in its uh, sufficiency. (laughs) You see, I'm not 10% saved. I'm not 30% saved. I'm 100% saved. One day there was a baptism going on down the road and it wasn't in the movie, Brother, Who Art Thou? We just found out who's watching trashy movies. So <laughs> <laughs> how many times do you watch it, preacher? Let's get on to the next verse, please. <laughs> and coming down the road was a lonely figure. The crowd had their attention on John the Baptist. He was baptizing folks. And John looked up. So coming down the winding road toward the river of Jordan, and John got all their attention, and said, "Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. All of it, every one of them you've ever committed. The Lamb of God, the baby Jesus, the God that's in Christ, came on Christmas morn to deliver us from our sin. Gone, yes, my sins are gone. Gone as far as the east is from the west. Gone and cast in the deepest part of the sea. Gone and cast behind his back, never to look at him again. Don't walk up to me and remind me what a terrible sinner I am. I'm trying to forget it. It's all gone in the blood of the Lamb. Universal in his scope. Christmas, yes, it was. Simple, yes, simple if you please. Sufficient and universal in its strength. I know some of you folks, it took a lot of grace to save. In fact, if I was God, you'd still be lost. You say, that ain't no one-way straight, Reverend. But thank God he loved us all. For God so loved. He didn't get on that cross out of necessity. The invisible did not become visible. The supernatural did not become natural. Spirit did not come flesh. Because of necessity on your part. Christmas is all about love. It's not all about your need. God fulfills your need because he loves you. And you say, nobody loves me. God loves you. If you've sang one Christmas carol, if you've enjoyed one Christmas tree, if you've looked into the face of a smiling child and that child said, I love you, you've experienced the love of God beyond all comprehension. You see, God's Christmas gift was universal in its scope, whosoever, universal in its simplicity, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. It was universal in its sufficiency. Yeah, universal in its strength. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, Paul said. For it's the power of God. Under salvation. To everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek." I was sinking. Deep in sin. Far from the peaceful shore. Anybody like that? Very deeply. Stained within. Sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea. Fifty years ago, in my living room as I slid off my couch, he heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe am I. (laughs) Love lifted me. Oh, it wasn't your good looks. It wasn't your expensive perfume. It wasn't your pet poodle. It wasn't your Mercedes or your Cadillac. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help. God's sacrifice was sufficient. The Hebrew writer said, Now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. What's Christmas all about? It's about a universal sacrifice that he may put sin away and take your sin and my sin in his person. And all of God's people said. What's Christmas all about? It's all about God loving and giving the world an unequal Savior. The Bible says it calls Him the only begotten Son. I have six kids. That's a bunch, you know what? I prayed for every one of them after they were born. I love them beyond all measure. I get a lot of pleasure out of giving to my kids. I like to see them happy, fulfilled, I thank God saw us in our dire need and figure out a plan by which he could deliver us. And on Christmas morn some 2,000 years ago, God wrapped himself up in a little bitty package called a human baby limited himself to one place at one time. No more omniscience. Or omnipresent. He can't be everywhere all the time anymore. And he took upon himself the form of a human being that you and I might identify with him and that he might identify with us. How would you felt if you'd been the mama who gave him his first spanking? Unequaled in his power, unequal in his provision, unequal in his purpose. I'm done. For God so loved this world that he gave the world an urgent salvation. Now don't miss this phrase. For God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him, watch this now, should not perish. Urgent. Urgent. How many folks you think are in the obituary section today that wasn't planning on it yesterday? How many of those folks in Germany that was run over by a heartless individual? What makes you think you deserve one more day on this earth? What's going to keep some terrorist or drunk driver or hideous disease or unknown virus or an accident at work? Are you guaranteed that you will not become a victim of either of those? I read one time, it's appointed unto man once to die. Would you be surprised if I told you probably the chances are probably pretty good that you're going to die? Christmas is about God giving you an urgent salvation. Amen. Your nature demands it, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Your need demands it. There's none righteous. No, not one. And Paul in writing concluded as I'm done, Behold, today is the day of salvation. You know what Christmas is all about? Christmas is all about God being in Christ. And whosoever believeth in Christ shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And the delay is a fool. Foolish thing to do. Yesterday when I was doing my Christmas shopping, I'll bet you Dollar General has not had that long a line at the cash register in months. And I walked in there, and all them people lined up at the cash register because they had put it off and put it off and put it off and put it off. off. Now we're all standing in line looking at one another, mad at everybody that's in front of you. (laughs) Huh? Pretty good deal, huh? Why don't you put off buying something for Christmas but don't put off giving God something for Christmas? You say, what can I give God? You can give him yourself. Because that's what he loves. For God so loves you.